0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, where we explore the walk of life. This is your host, Walker Near. As always, the music for the day's show is provided by Misha Zarin, so thank you, Misha. I also briefly want to mention the Ozarks Food Harvest, which is a food bank here in southwest Missouri. To be clear, I have no official relationship with the Ozarks Food Harvest, but they're doing very important and meaningful work to help feed hungry people across many locations. I encourage you to find a way to contribute to your local food bank, as it is a cause that has an immediate impact on people in your area. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, as well as follow me on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, The Walk Show, or The Walk Show Pod. Uh, All the links are available in the show notes. This week we have a really fun episode with the host of the What Was That Like podcast, Scott Johnson. What Was That Like is a podcast that features ordinary people that have incredibly unique and bizarre stories, or as Scott puts it, real people in unreal situations. Scott has episodes ranging from the fun variety, like a guy who proposed with a movie trailer, uplifting stories, like a man who donated a kidney to a stranger, to more serious stories, like a woman who survived a plane crash. I had a blast chatting with Scott, so let's jump on over into the conversation. Welcome to The Walk Show Podcast, Scott Johnson. Thank you so much for joining. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, so, you know, you obviously host the, uh, the, a podcast and, and have a website, uh, What Was That Like? Uh, on the website, whatwasthatlike.com, um, where you're interviewing people who are, are ordinary people that have had really extraordinary experiences.
1: That is correct. Yeah. They're just regular people. These are people that don't normally get interviewed, but right. just because of this, whatever this thing that they've gone through, uh, it's just a story that, uh, that I have found to be really interesting or intriguing and I want to hear more about it. So that's why I try to have them on the show and they tell firsthand, uh, what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've listened to a few of the episodes and it's a it's a, a definitely a wide assortment of things that you have that you cover. Um, and I want to talk more about the podcast, but before we, we jump too far into that, uh, I'd like the audience to maybe get to, to know you a bit. So are you, you're based in the United States, is that is that correct?
1: That is correct. I am in the little town of Safety Harbor, Florida. It's on the Gulf Coast of Florida in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, where we're happy right now that we've dodged a couple of hurricanes that have gone further out in the Gulf but we've had our share of them here anyway. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. just going
0: to ask if you'd been affected by that. Well, I'm glad to hear yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it's it's kind of it's it's less common because we're on the gulf rather than over on the uh the ocean side of the state, but um mm. yeah, hurricane season we always kind of keep an eye on the weather, keep a supply of water and everything. But yeah, I uh, that's where I live and uh I work from home. I have a computer business, so my time is kind of flexible and so I'm able to Actually, the computer business is what started me podcasting. Mm. Uh, I kind of discovered listening to podcasts back in 2012 and started finding a few shows that I like. And of course, since then, I haven't listened to commercial radio in the car um, ever since then. Right. There's no reason to. Um, But uh, I I discovered listening to podcasts and I thought, man, this is kind of something I could use and do myself. So I started what I call what's called the computer tutor podcast where I do a computer tip or trick or whatever every every other Monday and that was 2012 I've got 350 some episodes now and wow. I still do that that podcast and that's mainly to you know to it's for people that are non-technical you know some kind of computer uh-huh. tip or trick or security alert scam alert something like that so I still do that one and then uh, but then a couple of years ago I had this idea to start this other, this new podcast. And so that's when that one got started.
0: Awesome. That's, yeah, that's really cool. I had, I didn't know that you had the the computer tutor podcast, um, but man, that's, a, that's a service that that we need. It, it's, you know, I, I'm a, I was born in, in 1983. So I grew up, uh, you know, for the first 12 years of my life or whatever, without the internet and without a computer in and, and the home. And, and so I kind of knew what life was like without it. Obviously I was a kid, but, um, And then, and then grew up with technology. Right. So Mm -hmm. to me, like things that are just second nature to me, like if I go to a website and it's filled with spammy ads, there's zero chance that I get a virus from that because I would just never click one of those ads. There's nothing that could be compelling enough about it. I just know Mm -hmm. (laughs) malware, you know, um, and, and to be clear, I'm not like some tech whiz or, or expert or something, but I'm just comfortable with it. Um, and, and I'm a huge gamer and, and you know, so I, I know about it more through that lens probably than anything else. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I have a, a I knew a, my mom is a landlord and she had a tenant one time who was late on rent and they were never late. And she said, you know, she called them and, and asked what was going on. Um, just really out of concern. Cause again, they didn't have a history of this at all. And they, they explained that they were going to the next day to get a loan from their bank to cover the rent um, and and apologized up and down. And the reason they were out of money is because they had spent nearly $1,000 because they had got a virus on their laptop and then had found a, a service, which is actually the virus, but they don't know that, that said, we can get the virus off of your computer. The way that we will do that, though, is through iTunes gift cards. And so they had these people going to like a Walmart and buying iTunes gift cards and then giving them these codes to, in air quotes, get the virus off. And I mean, I was just heartbroken for these people, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're not wealthy people and a thousand dollars is an enormous amount of money, uh, especially in, you know, for them. And, and anyway, my point just being the divide that there is in where people are at with your comfort level with technology is just astonishing.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's on, un- it's unbelievable. And yeah, that's, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I have an upcoming episode of, uh, something like that because I got an email or I, I, I'm doing an episode about, uh, Uh, online car sales scams. Mm. And so I found one myself. They're very easy to find and contacted the person. And of course it ended up, she said, okay, we're going to do it through eBay, but you have to go to Walmart and buy some iTunes gift cards. That's how you're going to pay for it, but it's all legit and everything. And of course they always say I'm with the military, so I'm overseas. You know, you get that patriotism built into the the story, but um, yeah, it's a shame that uh, they wouldn't keep doing it. If people, weren't still falling for it
0: yeah yeah but well and that's the thing is that you know when I heard when my mom told me that story it, it was shocking to me because it I mean it, I would just never think that those two things were related but but people just do not understand at all what they're what they're dealing with so right. so to them it's possible that an iTunes gift card is how you mm-hmm. would resolve this and anyway right. well, that's awesome um so, so do you ever do you with your computer, and I don't mean to go on and on about your computer business, but this is interesting to me. Um, Are you working like with businesses or with individuals or what, what kind of work do you do with that?
1: Most of my clients, probably 85 to 90% of my clients are residential.
0: Okay. And uh, which, and and
1: I have clients all over the country because of course I can remote in, I can fix almost anything uh, remotely. So, and I've been doing this for 21 years now. So I've got a pretty good clientele built up. And it's a lot of repeat business because, you know, computers don't last forever. And um, and um plus, I try to educate people on uh, doing backups. And I've been trying to upgrade my clients from their old traditional spinning disk drive to a solid state drive. And they love that because it's so fast and less likely to crash and all the advantages of that. So, yeah, I deal mostly with people that are non-technical. And right. uh, I try to kind of well, that's why I say on the podcast, no, no big tech jargon here, just plain English. And, and, right. and it's uh it's kind of a niche that they appreciate not knowing, knowing that they're not going to have to feel stupid because they don't know what I'm talking about.
0: You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, well I'll definitely look up the computer tutor and have links for that in our show notes for this as well. Uh, so okay. people can check that out. So I, I will admit also, I'm a little jealous of now of both of your ideas. Um, the computer tutors is a great idea for a podcast. And then what was that like is a really great idea for a podcast. I myself started a podcast and didn't actually come up with like the, the phrase or tagline or whatever for it until a year in. (laughs) So, (laughs) Oh boy. Then you got to rebrand, right? (laughs) Well, kind of, um, but yeah, my point just being, I'm not clever like that at all. I mean, my show is called The Walk Show. It's named after me. For the love of God, it's not. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, not but like, it's the only one, right? Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, so how did you how did you kind of cut? You know, the computer tutor makes sense because it, it aligns with the work that you're doing in, in your business. But how mm-hmm. did you how did you kind of stumble into the idea of the what was that like show?
1: Well, I've always had kind of a natural curiosity, and uh, I I love hearing these really unusual stories. You know, if you, like if I was, if I was at a, a party with somebody or some kind of gathering and I happen to be sitting next to somebody and they would just mention off offhand that they were bitten by a rattlesnake one time, well, I'd have all kinds of questions for that person. You know, I want to know what exactly, how did this happen? What did it feel like? All this stuff. So I, you know, that's the kind of stories I look for. And I wanted to hear those kind of stories, but I didn't see any podcast doing that that way. And so I figured, well, you know, maybe this is something that people would find interesting. I find it interesting. So maybe some other people would as well. And I know how to podcast because I've already been podcasting for six years. And so I just decided to do it myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the, the thing that I think I know me and I, I think this is probably most people really enjoy about podcasts is you get those longer form conversations. Cause you might see on like maybe on the today show, someone gets bit by a shark and, and they're on the today show, but they're on for like five minutes. Exactly. So you don't really get into, you know, into the, 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 the content of, of really what happened. Right. Um, yeah. So that's
1: what I, that's what I love about it. I, uh, I, I love having deep conversations, you know, what was going through your head? Like, like I really did. I interviewed a guy who got bitten by a rattlesnake. That was one of the episodes and, I mean, he went from killing this rattlesnake in his yard to 20 or 30 minutes later, he's saying goodbye to his family, knowing he's not going to live. Wow. And I mean, talk about, uh, uh, you know, intriguing that. Yeah. And, wow. So yeah, that's, that's what I like to, and you know, when I've had, a, I've had a few episodes where a lot of these stories are pretty traumatic for the person to tell. Mm-hmm. And a few of them, a few of them, they've mentioned to me that. When they told the story on my show, that was the first time that they've actually verbally told that whole story beginning to end to someone. Right. And, um, and they found it therapeutic even, but you know, when a guest is telling a story and just breaks down and crying, you know, it's going to be a pretty gripping episode. I've had that
0: happen a few times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> I think I would be uncomfortable. I don't know if I would know what to say. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: well, that's good though. I try to just let them talk, you know, the right? People people tune in not to hear me ask questions, but to hear the person tell the story. So, sure. Sometimes I'm lucky and the person is a good storyteller,
0: right? <laughs> um, well, so yeah, I, I, you know, I've listened, like I said, a, a handful of episodes, but then looking just through your catalog, I mean, you've got, uh, just, I think it 59 was the last count I saw on your website. 58, so, I think or 58, coming okay. up,
1: 59 will be, uh, tomorrow actually, as we record this, it'll be tomorrow.
0: Okay, cool. Um, and you're doing, you do biweekly releases like every other week. Is that right? It, it's every other, uh, every other Friday. Right. Okay. So, so you've been doing this show then for close to three years or so. It was two years in July. Okay. Uh, last month. Okay. So. Um, and well, anyway, and so my my the, where I was kind of going with that, though, is just there's a, a wide variety of of, of stories. And, and like I said a little bit earlier, I noticed, you know, like one that I listened to is the, the British guys on the golf course that had the enormous tree fall on them, you know, which is a pretty mm. traumatic <laughs> story. Right. Um, but then, like, I also saw that there's like people who have won like $100,000 on a game show. So it's not all people who have experienced traumatic things.
1: Right. Yeah. Somebody doesn't die or get more (laughs) mortally injured in every single episode. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's funny. I use my Facebook group. I have a private Facebook group of listeners to the show. And if I get an idea for a show, sometimes I'll just say, Hey, I've, you know, I've got a chance maybe to do this kind of interview. Is this something? And I put up a poll and see, you know, if that sounds like something they'd want to listen to and I go by that. And so that's how, uh, um, what was it? Um, Oh, there was a, see, most of these are, most of my stories are event based something that happened to a person, but I saw this guy came across this guy who his job is a modern day lighthouse keeper. And I thought, wow, that sounds like it'd be really interesting to learn about. So I put up a poll and uh, it was unanimous. Everybody wanted to hear about this. And so I did the interview with him. And it was. It was really interesting. So every once in a while, I do I do one. I, I did one with a guy whose job was to prepare white-collar people to go to prison.
0: I saw that. It made me think mm-hmm. There's a, there was a movie from a few years ago. I didn't actually see it. But with Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell, uh, I think it's called, like, Get Hard or something. And that's the premise of that movie. Mm-hmm. Is Kevin Hart okay. is... Training Will Farrell to, to prepare for prison because he's a white. Oh, girl.
2: Okay, um, okay.
0: But so yeah, I, when I saw that, I didn't actually get a chance to listen to that episode yet. But I, I saw the title and I was like, "That's a real thing." I had <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I oh, this guy
1: I makes t- a yeah. He makes a good living at it. Yeah. So huh. so yeah. Every once in a while, I'll do something like that. Somebody has a really unusual job, or you know, a, a positive type experience, like the guy that went on Wheel of Fortune and and won a bunch of money. Or I had one guy that went on Shark Tank, got a deal with Mark Cuban. You know, what was it like to go on there and how did you prep for that and all that? So I found that interesting, too. So
0: Yeah, well, I'll have, definitely have to look for that one because mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't recently, I guess, in the last few years. But there was a period where I, I basically binge watched <laughs> Shark Tank. I watched mm-hmm. a ton of episodes of that. I'm sure. not a big reality TV guy. Like, I wouldn't watch, like, the Real Housewives of X or the keeping right. up with the kardashians i don't care about that um but i always thought shark tank was interesting just because it's you know people pitching business ideas and there's they don't live in a house together <laughs> exactly yeah yeah
1: <laughs> and to hear how the the uh, how the sharks analyze the potential deal I, I found that interesting too you know they take the numbers and everything
0: yes that's i mean that's really the most intriguing part although it's funny because You know, a lot of times they come out and they're very principled, especially, you know, Kevin O'Leary, for anyone that's that's watched the show, Mm. very principled and strict on on what they'll do. But at the end of the day, I mean, these people are multimillionaires. And so sometimes they'll just admit that they just really like the person. And they're willing to just try and make it work, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, yep. okay, well, that kind of throws out all of the acumen <laughs> that we had learned <laughs> up uh-huh. to this point. <laughs> Which is
1: proof that, that people actually do make decisions based on emotion, not always based on logic. So.
0: Right. So, you know, with these stories that you've, um, that you've heard, uh, ha- have any of them like changed your your way of thinking or the way you approach a situation? I mean, do any of them, I guess, really personally resonate with you in such a way that you find you look at the world differently?
2: Uh,
1: boy, that's a great question. Uh, um, possibly the very first episode that I did, uh, I really got lucky on the first episode that this person, the story, and she was a good storyteller, and uh, this was a woman, a young lady in Texas who accidentally killed someone and she was she had her two little kids in the with a car in the car and pulled out the intersection not seeing the motorcycle that was coming from her left it was nighttime and um he of course hit the car and she left her kids in the car and went to help him as he's lying in the road and i got the actual 911 call that she made from the scene and played that which she hadn't even heard it had happened two years before and she was still going through therapy to try to get through all the so many different there's psych, the psychological aftermath of you know causing someone's death not to mention the financial impact on their family and maybe you know having to tell your kids mommy might have to go to prison which it turns out she didn't which was uh, very fortunate for them but because she wasn't doing anything she just I still don't know how she didn't see him but it's not like she was on her phone or had the radio on or anything like that. So, but, uh, yeah, after hearing her story, um, it makes me think twice when, as I'm driving, if I'm, you know, to make sure that I'm paying attention to the road, because that's her big passion now is to, is to make people aware of this. And she actually has her own podcast now talking to, yeah, her audience is I was always amazed at, at, at her story because if she had her own podcast, because when, she, when this happened to her, she hadn't, there weren't any um, online focus groups or therapy groups or, or anything, but yet think about how many car accidents, there, fatal car accidents there are in the United States every single day. Right. This is a huge group of people, but it's also a really niche audience. And so now she has a podcast where she interviews people that have gone through the same thing. And uh, so it's, um, yeah. That's that's one thing. I one that I would guess probably has uh, has affected me.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I can see. I can see how (laughs) that's a terrifying sounding experience. How do you find the, the, the guests for your show? I mean, you and I met through through Potted and kind of a roundabout way, I think, through their, their Facebook group. But mm-hmm. um, Potted is not largely regular people who have had extraordinary experiences, right? Because they're not looking to be interviewed or promote something, right? So, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: it's, it's rare that I would find a guest in a group such as that because mm-hmm. these are experiences that are so unusual. Uh, a lot of them I see in the news. And uh, so if I see like Inside Edition does a lot of stories, you know, really weird news stories like this, some guy got bit by a shark or something or, uh, or, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it's funny, whenever I see a story like that, I always when I read the, the actual text of it, to find out who it was, I'm always hoping for a really unusual name. You know, if it's something like Mike Smith, if I go on Facebook to try to find Mike Smith, you know, there's a million of them, right? right? If it's an unusual name, then I can probably find the person and contact them. See if they want to come on the show. Uh, I find some, some people on Reddit sometimes. Hmm. I've had, had a few guests uh, contact me through Instagram. Um, and uh, a and few of them are personal friends as well. Uh, you know, I have a friend who was uh, was into skydiving and she crashed a skydive. And uh, wow! so I was able to contact her talk to her about that. And, and it, and the show's getting popular enough now that, uh, you know, people that are listeners have come to me with, uh, with stories. Mm -hmm. I interviewed a lady earlier this week that I'll be doing one. And, um, she was, uh, she's a listener to the show and she thought, Hey, I've had something happen. So she said, Hey, and and it turned out it was a a good story. Unfortunately, when people approach me with a story, I have to reject like 99% of them because they're just not, weird enough. Right. Uh, or, you know, you know, even though it was a, I'm, it was no doubt a traumatic experience for that person. Right. But I mean, I had a lady one time that, that said, you know, I've, I've got a great story for your show. I fell down the stairs and I hit my head and I had to go to the emergency room and that's the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a quick hit episode,
0: I guess. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I, and no doubt, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a terrible experience for her. But, you know, it's just not, uh, it doesn't, it's not a good fit.
0: Well, I mean, like we were just, you know, just discussing that the the idea of the show isn't, let's find as much trauma in the world as we can and just share that, you know, as a, out Mm -hmm. of a fire hose, it's, it's unique and interesting experiences or stories that people have or, or jobs. Um, Yeah. I had, I, I don't know if I said this already, but I had no idea that there were modern lighthouse operators. I guess I just assumed that that was done from a Control center somewhere or something, you know. I don't know. <laughs> no,
1: it's a, in his case, it's a, he's a real person, and he there are two people actually. They live on this island, and huh. it's just the two of them. So, huh.
0: <laughs> so, have you ever, you know, obviously, if you're doing something with, you know, if you're finding something through the news, then there's there's likely because it's it's coming through journalism. There's been some vetting already, but you know, you said like for example, you you found people through Reddit and. I'm always a little skeptical when I read some of the things on Reddit because it's just a you know an anonymous user, right? That, mm-hmm. uh, who I knows? Know. So, do you have some sort of vetting process that you go through to to yes. vet out these stories? Okay,
1: yeah, I sure do. And that's that's one reason I don't do any paranormal stories mm. because nothing can be proven. You know, I, I I always tell people I verify what 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 we're talking about. I've already verified that it did actually happen. Right. So yeah, I'll get nine one one audio and uh, or news articles or actual some cases I've gotten police reports you know it's all public information and in, for the most part hmm. so yeah I do try to try to verify all that
0: yeah have you ever have you ever had anyone trying to pull a fast one on you and had to be like I, I just can't find anything that, that corroborates this or
1: not that I know
0: of awesome
1: i mean i've had a few people that have that have not been able to, to verify it uh, just because maybe it, cause it happened so long ago or sure. like that. And if I can't verify it, then even if it's a great story, even though I believe them, right. You know, I can't ask my audience just to eh, just trust me. This is a, this is a good story. So let's hear it. Maybe it's not true, but, but I, I like the fact that people can always listen to my stories and know, wow, this, this really happened.
0: Yeah. It's a part
1: of what makes it crazy, you know?
0: Right, right. Yeah. I I interviewed an author um, a few, uh, I don't know, probably a month or so ago on my show, Richard Farrell. Uh, Farrell. (laughs) I always mispronounce his last name. Richard Farrell. He's a wonderful Mm -hmm. man and his book is great. Um, (laughs) And you should check out the episode. Um, But anyway, his book is a, uh, it's a, it's a fiction book. And now I can't remember what the genre is, but it's, it's not like fantasy or sci-fi. It's, it's like a kind of a grounded in reality book fiction Mm -hmm. right um but it's called the falling woman and it's about a woman who survives falling out of an airplane and then some journalist wants to talk to her and she doesn't want to talk and so then the story is kind of about him trying to find her and what's going on in her life but anyway he he explained to me that 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 is actually a true story um that there are cases of people which i guess maybe is similar to the skydiver story you were just talking about that that you had on your show uh before Mm -hmm. but i had no idea that that some of these things, you know, when he told me that I was blown away <laughs> that someone could survive. And she yeah. was you know, she didn't have a parachute, right? She wasn't a skydiver, this lady.
1: Right. Uh, I heard about a story like that. It was a, uh, the one I heard. Anyway, it was a little girl. Mm. Who, you know, the, it was a, the two planes collided in, in midair or something like that. And uh, she fell to the ground and she was still strapped to the seat. So that's part of what protected her. And she landed in, I don't know, trees or bushes or something that kind of softened the the blow. Of course, she was still injured. But then even after she landed, she had to walk like 10 miles to get to someplace where there were people uh, to help her. So, and that was a long time ago. I'd love to have her on my show, but I'm not sure if she's even still alive. That was quite a while ago.
0: Right. So have you ever talked to, you just telling that right there made me think of um, Lone Survivor was a a movie that came out in 2013. And I think a book that came out a few years prior to that. That's about a Navy SEAL who his whole squad or, or whatever the, the appropriate term is, is, is killed overseas in Afghanistan. And he has this incredibly harrowing experience. It's a very famous story that I'm sure most people are familiar with, except me. I just learned about it in the last <laughs> mm-hmm. month. Um, but just a similar experience where he's having to walk with these and, and, or just continue moving with a body that doesn't seem like it should be able to to move. Have you have you ever interviewed anyone from the military with with stories like that or does that kind of fall into the bucket of because it's military it's not really as crazy sounding if that makes sense? I
1: I wouldn't rule out military stories. Um I have had I had I did have one like that uh where a guy was you know he just went for a hike and this was out in the I forget the name of the park out in Utah huge wilderness park. Uh, and so he, he drove there and he was just going to go for a couple hour hike and he didn't, uh, didn't bring anything. Didn't, um, he didn't, uh, let's see, did he have his phone? I think he had his phone, but it was so far out. He couldn't get a signal. Mm. And so anyway, he got turned around, got lost and he was, he was out there for four days and not, you know, he had to, uh, he, he slept like next to a tree And he woke up and he was covered with snow because, I mean, literally, he was just wearing shorts and a T-shirt. And, of course, he didn't have water. And so that was, uh, yeah, that was an interesting, interesting. Yeah. And I've got another one coming up. There's a guy that was, I don't know what, uh, I forget what his story was, but he was kind of stuck out in the wilderness. But it was longer than that. It was like three weeks. So, you know, I'd like to hear how he survived that whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I make it. I mean, maybe I, maybe I would And if I do, if I ever have now, hopefully if I have a, ever have a unique ex- experience, I'll be easy to find. Cause my name is certainly weird enough that you won't, <laughs> you won't find other Walker Nears. In fact, if you search for me, unfortunately, my podcast is not the first thing you'll find. The first thing you'll find is a bunch of pages of oil drilling equipment that are Wow, The manufacturer name is (laughs) something similar to that. Um,
1: That could be a sponsor for your show then. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I should, I should hit them up and see. Maybe maybe my audience wants to buy oil drilling equipment from them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you know, obviously you've kind of explained that, that you, you know um, you don't want a story if it's not exceptionally, you know, unique or, or bizarre or kind of whatever word you want to use there. Is there any other criteria that, that would cause you to rule out a show? I guess if you couldn't verify it, but anything else?
1: Well, there usually when people say, I've got a great story, usually they don't. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. it, what what I, what I often hear is when people hear about my show, they'll say, oh, man, my whole life's been full of stories like that. you got to hear my life story. Well, I don't do life stories, you know, I do events. And usually when they say something like that, I know they probably don't have a story. So, but basically there are three types of stories that I almost automatically rule out. One is paranormal, as I mentioned. The other one is, uh, uh, medical miracles. You know, I survived this. I wasn't supposed to live and I'm now it's been five years and I'm, you know, the doctors are amazed and I don't know why, but there's just so many of them. Uh, I just, I just don't find it personally all that, uh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, the other one is, uh, stories where the, where the primary topic is sex or drugs, or, you know, if somebody starts a story saying, you know, this one time I was just so drunk, you wouldn't believe what I did. Well, who cares? You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like somebody telling you that what a crazy dream they had last night. Nobody wants to hear it. And see, I want people when when they subscribe to, you know how when you subscribe to a show on your on your phone you look down and see the new episodes that have come in i want people when they're looking at their phone and they see my new episode that came out that day i want their reaction to be wow i have got to hear that story right you know, when just when they see the episode title cuz all my episode titles use the same naming convention pretty much you know the person's name and what happened to him? Like Josh had his leg amputated or uh, Alyssa's abuser set himself on fire or, you know, they, they all had that same one line. <clears throat> and honestly, that's kind of one of the criteria that I go by when I'm trying to think if this story is going to be a good fit for the show is what would the title be? Is there a good title for this show or is it, is it such a long drug out story that maybe there wouldn't be a good title because you can't really summarize it you should be able to summarize it in that one sentence which is what the title would be right that's kind of one of the criteria i go by
0: that's fair and the other
1: one is i want to make sure that it's at least a story that that would take 30 minutes to tell i've had some episodes go shorter than that but you know I, i like to have at least a half an hour um but that's why i tell people go into all the detail. Don't worry about saving time or being brief or skipping over anything. Cause like what you said, this isn't a, this isn't a news interview where we're going to edit it down to a three minute clip. Right. We, I want to know what was going through your head when this happened and you know, all
0: that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. I know that, that makes sense. So do you ever, do you ever find anyone coming on your show where they are trying to actually promote something through telling this bizarre story? I mean, like the, the lady mm-hmm. that with the car wreck, where she killed the, the person by mistake. Obviously she, she started that podcast later, I assume after she was on your show.
1: Quite a bit later. And after much encouragement from me, I pushed her into doing that. Now she's very glad that she has the show, yeah. but uh, yeah, she didn't, she, she had never, of course, never, she wasn't even a podcast listener when I talked to her. And so, of course now she is and, and she does the show, but yeah, sometimes the guests that I have on are people who have written a book or they, maybe they have a podcast. Uh, I did, I had a, a lady named Jamie on, she is a true crime podcast host. Hmm. And so we did kind of a trade where, but the thing is, she had her own story. She had, a, even if she wasn't a podcast, host, she had a story that fit perfectly in my show. Cause when she was 18 years old, she came home one night, a guy followed her home from the store and hmm. she went in her house and a few minutes later, she walks into her bedroom, and he's standing there. So that was her story, and that to me, boy, that's that's a great
0: story. <laughs> did that Did that story end okay? Uh, I don't yeah. mean to to have you draw it all out, but yes, okay, ended, yeah, it ended okay. Okay, um, <laughs> my heart just sank when you did. I just I hate but stuff you know. Like that.
1: <laughs> but the thing is she she has a she has a, a true crime show called Murderish, and um. So on her show, one of her episodes partway through, she's talked about appearing on my show, which was great for both of us because I got a great story out of it from an episode and she promoted it to her listeners. So it was a, it was a good trade.
0: Sure. Sure. So, yeah.
1: I don't mind if people want to promote something on the show, but I always, everybody that comes on is very clearly explained that that's not the point of the, of the episode. The, the, the real focus is the story of what happened and then once we, you know, once we've gone through that, all the details and everything, then, you know, we can talk about your book, your website or, or whatever.
0: Right, right, right. Well, that was another question I was going to ask is if you, if you maintained relationships with the people at all ever, but I guess the answer is yes, because you talked that lady into doing a podcast over some period of mm-hmm. time, right? So
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I'm in touch with a lot of the past guests. Matter of fact, the Facebook group, uh, has, a lot of listeners but a lot of the guests actually join that group as well mm. so you know if there's a, if there's a question that people want to know that I didn't ask on the on the podcast you know they're right there they can answer questions directly
0: yeah yeah that's really cool i mean that's you know uh, my the theme of my show is obviously not similar to the theme of your show other than um I, you know i i try and explore the the walk of life is is what i'm going for and and so the idea is just I think that people have really, really interesting stories or passions um, Mm -hmm. and and people are interesting if they talk about what they're passionate about um, and that they don't have to be famous for that to be true, you know? So
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with
1: that. I think probably, I would say probably almost everyone has some interesting story in their background. They might not even think it's interesting to themselves, because they've gone through it, and it's you know they've just it, it's just something that happened, and it's been you know, maybe it was years ago, and they don't even think about it anymore. Right. But other people might hear that story and say, "Wow, really, that happened to you?" Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Uh... I've, I'm, I'm now I'm racking my brain trying to think if I have an interesting life or not through the lens of your show and I don't think I do I
1: <laughs> well we, you know when you look at some of the things that have happened to some of the guests on my show you don't necessarily want to qualify as a guest you know that's, you know what
0: I'll give you that I'll give you that uh, that's a that's a fair point mm-hmm. um, When I was a little kid I did box. And, and I was too young for Golden Gloves, so I actually participated in a circuit called Silver Mittens, <laughs> which is hilarious, <laughs> okay. and, and actually was too big. I've been a large person my whole life, and, and so there was no kids my age in, in weight class. So I actually got all the... I was a state champion just via buy, and then went to, to the regional tournament, and it was my very first actual match outside of training, and got knocked out in the first 15 seconds, and then quit boxing <laughs> forever. Not really that interesting in this story, but you know, just a definitely a bizarre thing that silver mittens was in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, I've uh, never heard of that. I've heard silver yeah. sneakers, but not right, silver mittens. yeah,
0: <laughs> opposite age range, yeah. um, right, right on silver sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, is, is there is there any is there any story? I know you said that you'll you know you'll get ideas for stories sometimes, and and kind of go to your Facebook group or, or previous you know other people. Is there any story that you're working on right now that you're looking for anything that, that's brewing now?
1: There are, um, yeah, there are definitely a few stories and some of them I've been looking for for a while and haven't been able to uh, locate the person yet. But uh, looking for someone who has survived falling off a cruise ship while underway. Uh, looking for someone who has had a small child kidnapped by a non-family member and hopefully with a, with a happy ending to that story. Uh, people, anyone who's been a passenger on a train that went over a cliff or if you were a passenger in a car when it was hit by a train, I'd like to talk to that person. Um, unfortunately, sometimes here in Florida, people will have their kids in the car and they get out and go in the house or whatever or go to work and they forget that their kid's in the car and and the kid ends up dying wow and so i'd i'd like to talk to someone about who who that's happened to Uh, unfortunately a lot of times those people go to prison right uh, because of uh, negligence or whatever the charge is but that would i think that would be a really sad conversation but right an uh, an interesting one though
0: Lighten it a bit. I mean, are, are there any, are there any stories that you've heard that are just maybe not necessarily, you know, the, the guy winning the money on the show or, or some great trauma, but just something that's just like, maybe just really weird or really funny. Like, is there any, any stories like that that you've had? Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: had a few like that. Uh, there was one who uh, a lady was traveling and she got a text message and it, or oh no, she sent a text message but she's texted the wrong number and because she was traveling on business, she was supposed to meet some of her friends. And so she sent a text message to one of her friends saying, Hey, there's nobody here. You know, I'd like to go out and, you know, go out tonight to a restaurant or go out to eat or something. Uh, but nobody's here yet. And, but she sent to the wrong number. And the guy answered her and said, well, this is the wrong number. if I was there, I'd go out with you and, you know, go out to eat or something. Well, three years later, they're married.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious.
1: Yeah. They just, they were two souls that just clicked and, you know, they had a long conversation. It just kind of went on from there and, uh, and they got married. And another guy who, um, his, uh, fiance, his girlfriend worked in a courtroom. She was actually, she was a probation officer. And so one, but one day a week she was in the courtroom with the judge and everything. And he got this idea to propose in the courtroom, but he got the judge was in on it. The bailiffs were all in on it and he got put into a prison jumpsuit with chains and everything. And they were bringing him in as someone who just got arrested while she sits there. And he got this whole thing on video too. Wow. And the look of surprise on her face, she could hardly (laughs) breathe. It was just, I've never seen anyone get see to be that surprised seeing him brought in as a prisoner. And of course, then he goes before the judge and he says, judge, you don't have to, you don't have to sentence me. I'm, I'm already, I I plead guilty. I'm guilty of being in love with the best friend. And then of course, then he went into the whole speech about being, uh, about, you know, proposing. Wow. And, uh, so that was a, that was a fun one.
0: Uh, huh. Yeah. That's a man that, that the audacity to try that. I don't, I don't, I no, I, Mm-hmm. I, I would never be, <laughs> I'd never be comfortable doing that.
1: Well, everyone in the room was in on it except right, for her. I mean, and right. but yeah, I mean, you've got a, you've got a, you're in charge of the room, and you, you know, he had to remember what to say and <laughs> all that stuff. But that was that was a great one, though. Huh.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I yeah, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would be comfortable asking a judge something like that. I haven't. I luckily have not had a lot of experience with judges, but <laughs> that's um, good. Yeah, it is. It is. One time my mom had a speeding ticket and she didn't want to, she didn't go to court one time because she actually had something that had didn't allow her. To, I don't remember what it was now. But then when the court date got rescheduled, she told me that she had read online. Maybe she needs to listen to the computer tutor to figure out what articles are valid or not. But she read a, an article online that said that you could get out of speeding tickets if you just kept delaying your court date and they would eventually just lose it in the system. And it's like, I don't think they keep paper records. Like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't get lost. It's
1: <laughs> yeah, that does. That sounds a little sketchy. Yeah,
0: it does. Yeah. And and so I told her that and, and explained that this was not this was not a good plan. Well, this, so then she and so she eventually conceded that this was not good. However, she had already called the court and told them that she was ill that day and wasn't going to be able to make it as part of her scheme or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying her name, but I'm totally outing my mom right now. I understand anyway. (laughs) Um, and, and so the, the, the judge, or it wasn't the judge, but whoever at the courthouse that had answered the phone when she called said, you have to, you have to be here or have a representative here or we'll issue a warrant for your arrest. You can't just miss a court date like that. And, uh, at the last minute, you know, and so, Mm. So she said, will you please go for me? And I was like, <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> to be clear, this is not an attempt of me telling you an interesting story that should be on your show. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so so I get there and and I explain to the judge that she's sick or whatever. And he just he just saw right through me. And he was like, you're a good son, so I'll let you go. But tell your mom there's easier ways to get a traffic tickets than just trying to call in sick to court. And I was just like... Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll be, I'll never be back again. And yeah, I, so I definitely wouldn't ask a judge if he wanted to be on a proposal scheme. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sounds
1: like, sounds like he's heard that story before maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was that creative.
2: Anyway, <laughs> you <know, I> love <laughs> you, mom.
0: My bad. Right. Uh, but this is the price for me having to go do that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this might sound a little loaded or heavy or esoteric or whatever. And I don't mean it that way, but you know, I think a common question that people all people have certainly me is, um, you know, is there such a thing as destiny? Is there such a thing as fate? Is it all random? Is it all chaos? Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, I've been really heavy into personal development or self-help or whatever the the last year or so. And, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, you create the life that you want and, and you attract, you put an energy out to the world and attract things to you. And, and that all is, is is reasonable sounding when you have an ordinary life. Right. Um, But then, you know, with, with the experience you've had of talking to these people, uh, you know, did the woman who hit the guy in the motorcycle put out an energy? Of course not. You know what I mean? Like she's not some villain. Um, So I guess my, my Mm -hmm. question is just, what do you, what is your take on that? I mean, do you, do you think there's a destiny or fate? Is it all just chaos? And again, I'm not trying to pin you on something. I don't mean to, get you to talk religion or something, but just, I don't know.
1: I understand. (laughs) Um,
0: I, I tend to think
1: that we do create our own life. Um, but the things that we do, you know, it's funny how you, I I know some people, personal friends of mine, and it just seems like trouble seems to find them, Mm. you know? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say any specifics of what happened because sure. if that person happens to be listening, I don't want them to feel offended or anything. Sure. But, and it's not because they're a bad person. It's just like you know, you make one little decision, and then that leads to kind of another little thing, and before you know it, there's kind of a big thing that's happened, and it's like a snowball effect. You know, yeah. I. I don't know. Um, I think people in general are capable of much more than what they think they're, they're capable of. Mm. And that's one thing, one thing that I've always been fascinated with is human endurance. And, uh, for a long time, I was fascinated with ultra marathons mm. and then I did one and I thought, well, you know, if we, if you do this, it's like, you know, I, I the first one I did was, a, was, I was, a 50 K which is just a little over 30, 31 miles. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. And then, but I thought there's no way, I mean, there are people that do hundred milers. There's no way I could ever do that. But then a few years ago I did a, I did a hundred miler.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And
1: it, it, when you do something like that, the main thing you th- that I thought of is the most difficult thing I've ever done, but you have to think if I can do this, what else am I capable of? that I don't really think I could do, you know?
0: Yeah. Are you familiar with David Goggins at all? Sure. So yeah, that I actually just, just finished his audio book. I I didn't read, I listened to it, but I just finished Mm -hmm. his audio book and, and yeah, he talks about ultra marathons a lot. Obviously he's a big participant in that space. Uh, And yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole point of his entire book and, and work and everything is that, you know, he, he estimates that people are operating at like 40% of their capacity. Right. Exactly.
1: Right. When you, when, when you think you're done, you're just 40% done.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and, but honestly, that it's, it's interesting because it was the running that actually taught him that like, I mean, to some extent it was becoming a Navy SEAL and and eventually went to Ranger school and all of this to some of it was that, Mm -hmm. but you know, according to his own book, I mean, it, it really was, when he did the first uh, ultra marathon, he did it was I think it was in San Diego, and it was like a hundred miler, and he had trained for like three days before he went and did it. And um,
1: that's crazy. I trained for two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't. I mean, he just completely underestimated what it would take. I mean, he had run a marathon before, I think, and there yeah. was some foundation he wanted to raise money for, and so he found out about it. He found out about this race in the Badlands. That's a, a is that it's badlands the right word no i don't death valley whatever that is oh, okay
1: that's western states
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh anyway and so he he wanted to do the that run for a charity but the guy who runs that that event was like well you have to be you have to qualify in other things first like because we don't want someone to come out here and die you know what i mean right running right this. um and so he said, oh, "Okay, well what do I what are the options to qualify?" And he was like, "Well, there's another race in 3 days you can go to." And he was being sarcastic, right? But then David Goggins is this mm-hmm. monster person who <laughs> was just like, Roger <laughs> that." And then <laughs> there he is. Man. And,
1: See, that's yeah. the, I love that kind of outlook. Like like mm-hmm. nothing is outside n- nothing outside the box is should not be considered, you mm-hmm. know? It's whatever you whatever you think. Well, rather than saying, I can't do that. It's like, how can I do that?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's funny because I work with a guy who uh, does ultra marathons and I had no idea that was a thing. I thought that marathons destroyed people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought that was like the pinnacle of it. And it's like, no, like there's way more. <laughs> no,
1: hundred miles, hundred miler is the new marathon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when I did my first marathon. At the end, I thought, "Man, I am done. I could. How could I keep going any farther than this?" And a fifty k is an ultra marathon, but it's just thirty one miles. It's only five miles more than a marathon. Right. But it's funny when you your whole perspective changes when you're doing a fifty miler you kind of make note of when the marathon distance goes by, but it's just another mile marker. It's because you, because your sights are set on the actual goal, which is not, you know, and and we tend to do what we, what we expect ourselves to do. So if I want to do a 50 miler, you know, 50 miles, wow, I'm done. I'm tired. That was all I could do, but uh, (laughs) not always true though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He talked a lot of Goggins, you know, I say he, he talked about that a little bit in his book as well about how, in the Navy SEAL, you know, they have the buds training and then they have the hell week that, that's famous. Mm-hmm. And they tell everyone the whole time, like when Wednesday hits, you're going to be spent, but there's still, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to go, or I don't know if they go through the weekend too, but whatever mm-hmm. you're not done. But when you get to Wednesday, you're going to be spent. And he talked about how he realized when he was going through it, that what you just said, that like people expected to be tired because they were told that well, when Wednesday comes, you'll be tired. And it's like, well, are you actually though? Like, are you actually spent? Or do you just expect to be spent because that's what you've been told, you know?
1: Right, right. Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Right, right.
0: So I I, I will ask quickly, when you, you know, you said you trained for a couple of years before you did your first ultra marathon. Did you, did you get through it? And it wasn't, I mean, obviously it's challenging, but was it, was it kind of what you expect? Did your training prepare you adequately? Maybe is a better way to say that.
1: It did. I think okay. uh, and It was the, the one I trained two years for was my first hundred miler. Oh, wow. My, my first ultra. I, I don't know how long I trained for that, but I had a whole training schedule planned out and I did all that. But and it was only supposed to be a year of training. But then uh, as as the date, I think the, the race was in November and my dad passed away like a week before. Oh, man. And uh, for the race. And so family come in from town, we're doing all this other stuff. I said, no, I can't do the race. So, and I was ready for it, but then I had another whole other year before that same race came up again a year later. And uh, and I did it then.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just, I was just curious because it seemed like in Goggins book, no matter how much he trained, he always was just completely beat up by the end of it or or whatever. But it was, it was always because his training, I think wasn't thorough enough <laughs> and not like the physical part, but like, he'd been training for a long time and then he shows up to a marathon. He doesn't have salt tabs. And another Mm -hmm. runner is like, what? And he was like, I don't even know that was a thing, you know? So not enough research maybe.
1: (laughs) Mm, Maybe. Well, he's, he's an exceptional human being as well. You know, he has some natural athletic ability and endurance ability that not everyone has, you know, (laughs) like, uh, you gotta, you can't, you can't just, um, decide at the last minute to do something like this and, and get through it. Most people can't anyway. Actually, one of the guys that I had on my show was, uh, an ultra marathoner, Mm. but I, the reason I had him on was not just because of that. It was because three years before becoming an ultra marathoner, he weighed 500 pounds. And so he not only lost all that weight, but now he's, and he's fast, he's actually winning races.
0: Wow. So, (laughs) So yeah,
1: that was, that was a pretty cool story.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time to to stop by the show today and and, and share your own experiences and, and some of the experiences you've had talking to these interesting people on your show. Uh, again, what was that like is, is the name of the show and, and we'll have links to, to your website and all that in the show notes. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover while we were still here together?
1: No, uh, I think we covered everything. Anyone that uh, wants to contact me, if you have a story, or if you know someone who has a story, certainly feel free to get in touch with me. And, uh, but otherwise just listen to the show. What was that and, or it's, you know, it's on any podcast app as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Scott. I appreciate it.
1: Sure thing. Thanks for having me.
2: Of the lightning, the storm within my reach. The high tide is coming in, breaking waves across the shore. Dark thunder are billowing. Your love is the ocean's roar. ship that I need to cross the seven seas help me breach the angry swells And I'm the river that you need And the water that fills you well And the hand you hold through tragedy Carrying through the air, you're the to walk across the hills, through the rolling plains and broken realms, and I'm the stone that you need for an armored citadel, and you roll through tragedy.
0: All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the episode. Thank you again so much to Scott Johnson for coming on the show and sharing his stories. Again, check out whatwasthatlike.com. Links are in the show notes so you can find it there. Also, of course, thank you again to Misha Zarens for providing the music for the show today. And last but not least, thank you, listener, for listening to the episode. I'd also like to encourage you to listen to my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted with my friend Brett Lindley. Pick Up Your Sticks is a podcast about video games where we talk about why gaming matters. Just like movies or TV or books or any other form of entertainment media, games have come a really long way over the last 30 years, and there's some really cool experiences out there. You can find Pick Up Your Sticks wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. Stay up.